Hey everyone, welcome back to A Life of KG. Today is all about leadership. If you are currently in business and you want to grow, if you already have a team and you want to become a better leader, if you're thinking of hiring your first employee and you want to know how best you should do that, then this episode is for you. I have Lynn on the show and she is the queen of sales and leadership and entrepreneurs and business owners hire her to help with their sales, to close down leads, to help with client retention and to make more profits. And today I've got her on the show to talk about the four pillars of leadership because that is what she specializes in and I really wanted to hear more. So without further ado, here she is. Hi everyone, I'm Savvy and I can show you how to increase your revenue stream in just three simple steps. If you've got an existing client base or you're looking to build one, why not take a look at the show notes to find out more and let's get talking. Hi Lynn, welcome to the life of KG. How are you? I am doing phenomenal today, Katie. I am so glad to be here. Uh, thank you for coming and tell everyone whereabouts you're from. Um, I am from right now I'm at Lopez Island, which is in Washington state in the US. Amazing, amazing. I'm loving that we're hitting the USA at the moment. We've had some amazing guests on. So I'm really looking forward to this episode. Can you give everyone a bit of an intro and what exactly you do? Well, absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. And uh, business owners and entrepreneurs hire me to ignite winning sales because most are chasing down leads, lack client retention, conversion, and profits. So I help eliminate the lengthy chaotic sales cycle to ignite your sales and unleash lasting profits. Bottom line, don't make this harder than it has to be. Sales should be a win-win. Mm, sales are not the word that everyone is terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sales and leadership are so intertwined. I actually think to become a great leader, you need to have sales training because it teaches you everything you need to know about being a great leader. Mm, and you are the queen of leadership. So share with me a little bit about your story and what made you have that passion for leadership? Well, I would say that it's just you know, one of those things. I mean, I started in sales as a Girl Scout selling Girl Scout cookies. There was the coveted badge that you got if you sold literally a truckload of cookies. And I wanted that badge. So I hauled my friend, my best friend, who was very shy, very introverted along with me. And I was the greeter. I pulled people in. She took their money, gave them the cookies. We had a great system. And uh, it worked. And we were the only two girls in our district to get that Girl Scout badge. So that was very cool. And, you know, throughout my life, I've really been drawn in the sense of leadership um, and how that intertwines with sales. Because when, if you approach sales and leadership with worthy intent, which means you have a genuine desire to help and move your organization, your clients, your team members forward, then that is the beginning and the core foundation of all relationships. But it's that curiosity about others and about asking questions, about learning, you know, what's working and what's not working uh, and, 
and figuring that out and putting it together. And so mm. that's truly, you know, when you look at leadership, it is about that desire to be, um, you know, to really be an inspiration, but to also know that you don't have to be the smartest one in the room. No. In fact, you should have people who are smarter than you in the room. And what you're doing is you're gathering the collective and you're working to the, for that collaboration so that everyone wins. Mm, I actually really love that saying because everyone says, if you're not the smartest one in the room, then you need to go to a different room. But actually <laughs> you can't. And I, I, I agree to a certain extent because if you are the smartest one all of the time, you can't learn. And I think a lot of the time when people are building businesses, they get scared to hire people that are better than them because then it makes them feel that, oh no, I shouldn't be running the business then or they might take over and all of these thoughts come into their heads where actually you will build a much better company if you are hiring people better than you. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, you know, everyone's skills are unique. And so everyone on my team, they are all as smart as I, but they are better at certain tasks and certain strategies than I am. I don't need to know everything, okay? I can rely on other people who are really good at what they do and I can go to them for their insight and advice on making uh, you know, changes, making a pivot, um, moving things forward. And that's what's important is that if you are have some kind of fear-based about your own worth and where you're coming from, your first job, is to do some personal development and really address those self-limiting beliefs because you've got to get out of your own way. Definitely. Because you've obviously started in sales, but then how did that sales then progress to being a leader? Like what was your next bit of journey? <laughs> uh, well, in sales, I was a top performer. Mm -hmm. That led to higher level positions, of essentially executive level, business development, vice president, and uh, at one point, I was literally being flown all over the world to close multi-million dollar deals. And I would work with the other sales uh, teams or salespeople. I'd work with them on a big opportunity. And then I would make the, the, the presentation and help close that client. And a lot of that, once again, came from stepping out of my own ego and instead focusing on the client. What did they want, need, or lack, you know? What pain point did they have? What area of concern? What were the problems they were trying to address? Why did it matter to them? And ultimately, so they could do what? So they could do what as an organization? Because that was the crux of it. And when you really dove into the client thinking and you just got out of your own way, you could then better understand how you were a, whether or not A, you were a good fit. And if you were a good fit, how did you communicate that to the client so that they could see the vision and see mm. what the future could look like? Mm. What would you say leadership means to you? Because I think to lots of people, it means very different things. Some people think it might just mean a manager. Some people might think, well, I own the business, so I'm a leader. Like, what does leadership mean to you? You know, leadership means being kind, compassionate, um, giving everyone dignity and respect at its core 
good leaders uh, recognize the talents in others and welcome that input and yet still make the decision. So they will gather advice and insights so that they can see all the angles around a paradigm so that they're not trapped with their own prism. And instead, they can make the best possible decision with the facts and figures. So, and that really does require you to, you know, want to pull that out of the best of your people. And uh, that requires you to truly respect them. Mm, I love that. And I've heard you say a lot about um, like when I've been reading about your bios and everything you've done in the past, um, the saying manage up, what exactly do you mean by manage up? Yeah, so manage up is sort of like doing the heavy lifting. So if you're managing up in a career position, what that means is that everything that you do when you provide it to your, your boss is that you think things through. You ask the questions in your own mind and answer everything you can without bothering them. So you want to have as little impact on their time as possible. And then when you do go to them, you have it bullet pointed out exactly what you need, how you need it, and why. You know, you really cover those bases because so often people come with you, and I will attest to this, not at my current team, but in the past life with honestly stupid questions that Google can be your friend and could have answered and or just taking a few minutes to look um, at, at a few materials, um, some background, um, go back through some emails and you could find the answers. That is managing up. It's where you're actually doing the work, you're thinking ahead and you have everything really tightly organized and you've got it down so that you know exactly what it is you need to ask when you go in front of them. And you know, once again, what's important to them, why it matters to them and the organization, you know, and, and how, what it's going to enable them to achieve, what's the impact that it will have. So let me ask you then, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are like, I might not do that, but I have team members that contact me constantly that I'm always like just getting hassled and hassled all of the time on these tiny questions when they should know it or find it themselves. How do you manage that side of it if you need to teach someone that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the key thing is, is you, uh, hopefully you can either take them aside or um, either in a Zoom or in person and you say, you know, I want to take a look at how you could find this information yourself. So let's go through this. How would you go about finding this information and ask them? Now, if they just deer in the headlights, then you say, okay, well, let's think about this. And then you go walk them through how they would find this information for themselves. And then in the future, what I would what I expect is for you to find this information yourself. If you're stuck, Yes, absolutely. Come to me. My door is always open, but you've got this and you can take care of it. Mm. And when we uh, first connected, I saw a lot about you talking about the four pillars of leadership. That was like the subject that you love to talk on and what we've called this podcast today, the four pillars of leadership. Can you talk to us about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the first is that ability to create a culture and environment that enables your team to thrive. That's what I've talked about, that compassion, dignity, and respect for every team member of wanting to draw the information in. Uh, the second is you need to be able to see the organization not only as a whole, but also in its parts. So you really need to have that, you know, what I call that 60,000 foot level. And then you need that treetop, skimming the treetop level. So you can really understand that. And I already mentioned this, but the number three is to actively seek alternate viewpoints. Someone else is going to have a different perspective, a different life experience, and a different way of looking at something. And if you don't gather all those facts and figures, you could completely miss out on something and you could actually expose yourself to some significant risk because you haven't thought of something because it's outside of your paradigm. So actively drawing those in. And one thing is you have to keep in mind, some people are quiet, they're introspective, they're shy. You need to ask and draw them out because their opinions, they are the observers. And often they have very profound insights that you need to hear and you need to take into account in your decision-making process. And the last uh, component is truly to have a robust power skills skill set. And what I mean by power skills, I mean that you need to be able to adapt and flex your style. You need to be able to recognize that you don't have all the answers and that's okay because you're going to seek and pull that in and you're going to make the best decision you can with the facts and figures at hand. But you're also not afraid and not unwilling to admit when you need to pivot and make a change. Mm. I'm Demi and I'm Rachel. We are two friends who joined forces in 2020 to create Lash and Brow Lab, a specialist lash and brow salon in Battersea. Lash and Brow Lab is the home of our combined 10 plus years of expertise where our sole aim is to offer you bespoke top tier treatments that make you feel truly special. Follow us on Instagram at Lash and Brow Lab Clapham. Or check out our website, www.lashbrowlab.co.uk. I think this is going to help so many people because I know a lot of my listeners are new in business or starting to lead teams and it's very alien to them, like managing people and growing people. So that's going to help them a lot. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Katie. What would you say would make a bad leader or mistakes that you see people make? Uh, a classic mistake is someone who's not willing to admit that they're wrong, you know, and, and and this isn't something where you have to, you know, like, you know, drag yourself across. Oh, my gosh, I made this horrible mistake. It's like, OK, but the facts and figures that we had at the time, this was the best decision, but it didn't work out. Recognizing that we need to make a new decision and we need to make a pivot. So mm -hmm. that's one of the number one things is being unwilling uh, to admit that you're a human being and you made the best decision that you could at the time, given the facts and figures that were presented. And now new information is available and it's time to pivot. So that is absolutely the number one thing. I see it consistently, uh, especially in um, <laughs> companies 
like you'll see the whole organization, like the leadership, not willing to admit that what the path that they're on is not the right path. You know, and they just doggedly just keep throwing money at it. And that's just not going to solve the problem. I have seen that so many times. And when you bring that sense of humility um, to the equation, it really does set you apart because you can, instead of being bound up in hubris, hubris, instead, you recognize that there's always new information coming and new opportunities and you need to take advantage of that when the timing is right. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to chase shiny objects. You want to have a strategic plan and stay focused on that. But sometimes an opportunity is presented and you look at it and you look at it within the strategic plan and you say, you know what? This is just too good to not pursue mm -hmm. and to reallocate resources or to make a pivot. Mm. Have you had any... Um anything happened in your career where you might have struggled with leadership or something's gone wrong and you've had to change? I think uh, for me, one of the biggest things was confrontation. I didn't, I'd never been fond of confrontation, mm -hmm. um, but there's a side of, of, you know, correcting someone and helping them grow and move forward that doesn't need to be confrontational. Instead, it's learning how to approach a given situation and approach that other person. And so that was a skill that I I had to learn, I will tell you. And it's recognizing that other personality coding that the other individual has, and then speaking to them in a manner that brings out their best self so that they can help find that common ground to find a solution. Mm, Confrontation is definitely one of mine. And I'd say another common one that I hear all the time is a people pleaser. So it's that's a really hard one, isn't it? Do you hear that all the time? Well, I for women more so um, definitely, but it's that, that uh, it's because we've been socialized that way, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you just have to say, you know, not everybody's going to like me all the time. That's okay. As long as they respect me and they might not like the decisions that had to be made, you know, but I can still um, treat everyone with that kindness, compassion, you know, and dignity. But as we look at that, um, the other thing is to stop saying yes all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And know those boundaries. You can say no with grace and uh, maintain a very great relationship. Um, but you have to learn to say no and to say no gracefully. And absolutely, that that's part of people-pleasing is that inability um, to uh, put those boundaries up in a, in a positive and kind way. Yeah, because I do hear all of the time um, that they struggle to say no because then also they have this fear of people leaving if they say no. So they think, well, if I say no, then that person will leave and then I'm going to need to recruit again. So their heart's on that side of things, which makes it very difficult, but people are replaceable all of the time. Yeah, and one thing you have to think about is money only is a motivator to a certain extent. There's so many other things that motivate people um, in their work and creating an environment where people can thrive and they they get to do something that they 
they enjoy, even if they have to do tasks that they don't like so much, you know, where's that balance. Hmm. And that's one of the things that you really want to strive for. And so that your own team is able to continue to grow and prosper. I actually had that conversation with the group that I coached not so long ago about, you know, sometimes it's not their wages that they bring home that motivates them or makes them want to go to work. It's other things. Um, It could be praise. They might love praise. They might love extra training. They might like an extra day off. They might like a gift. Like there's all these different motivators for people. It's not always their pay pack at the end of the month. But how do you find what it is that motivates them? Do you physically ask them? Do you just watch them? (laughs) Like, how would you find that out? Well, there's always some key questions that you can ask people once again to understand what those motivations are. And understanding people's motivations and emotions is, once again, that's a key part of sales and learning sales because you learn how to do that. And obviously, asking questions and then listening and asking leading questions and then tell me more, help me understand so that you're drawing them out so that you can get that information. But you're right. People, many people are motivated by having a flexible schedule. Um, Some people are motivated because they like to bring their pets to work. Um, Some people are motivated because they like the community feeling and, um, and the feeling of family that they have in their workplace. And that is very important to them. And so you have to take into account. um, And then once again, you have to respect that the different people are going to have different motivations and emotions. And that's okay because you can, you want to have that. You need that diversity of thought for people to have these different viewpoints. It's going to make you a lot stronger as an organization. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But anyone that's in business, and they're looking at starting to build a team and to grow their business, what advice would you give to them? I would definitely recommend that they go through something like a core communication program where they learn um, personality coding and they recognize what their own personality coding is um, because that's going to help them um, uh, understand the different types of people that they need to have on their team and how they can more effectively communicate with them. But that is a really fabulous uh, tool, not only for work, for sales, for running your business, for your life. I actually done something like that. It was a while ago. I can't remember what it was called, but there was... Uh... I, I might be different in, different in the States, but there was all different colors and all the colors meant different types of personalities that you were and stuff like that. And what type of, per- I was a people pleaser. <laughs> um, and what type of person you are and what weaknesses you have, what strengths you have and it, what type of people you needed in your life to kind of balance things out. So I'm guessing it's something like that that you mean, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of my friends, uh, Leslie Nace, she actually does core communications and core stands for catalyst, optimizer, um, relator, and expert. And so that's sort of like a personality coding often um, with most systems. There's all kinds of different systems. There's bank, there's disk. Um, disk, there's all that's what I've done. Yeah, yeah, disk. There's so many different ones. And everyone is a little bit of everything, you know? Mm. Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> You're not just one thing, you know? 
So um, I'm actually what they would call relator expert combined. So that means that I really care about community and people, but I'm also really, it's important to me to be knowledgeable, to be an expert, to have my facts and figures, right? But I'm also quite strong as an optimizer. That's a planner, somebody who blueprints everything out. I want to see the process map. I want to look at that. And then, you know, the catalyst is one of those people who, you know, they're, they're the, the type of people who can't sit still. They got, they got to move, got to take action. And um, action is that would be my last, you know, if you look at my profile and yet I still have enough action to move forward and make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if you do discover that you're really weak in an area, then that's something that, you know, for yourself that you've got to work on, um, so that you can actually, cause you can with any kind of personal and professional development, you know, you can grow mm. and change. Yeah, it's all about that self-development, isn't it? And investing in yourself and finding out about yourself, definitely, to then to be able to lead others better. Yeah, absolutely. Whereabouts can people find and connect with you, Lynn? Well, they can find me on Petite to Queen. Um, and you can find tons of resources there. Uh, you can also tune in and watch my TV show, Get More Clients, that streams on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and Roku, um, and everything else that we do. Tell me a bit more about your TV show then before we <laughs> head off. I want to know more. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. So my TV show is called Get More Clients, and every week I help people uh, with their sales strategy. I am basically taking you through sales strategy 101. Uh, and from soup to nuts, as they say, and every week you learn something that you can apply that week to implement in your business. And so as you go through that, um, every, uh, every topic is different. Uh, so, uh, today actually was our show this morning. It was live and we did, uh, I actually had two of my team members on and we talked about those four foundational pillars of your sales strategy, client thinking, your ideal client avatar client journey and worthy intent and then how to execute on that and we're giving examples of that oh I love that I'm gonna have to check that out after this <laughs> and you can find that on Apple right yeah it's on Apple TV you just go to win win women and you download that app it's free and then you'll find my show get more clients amazing I'll put everything in the show notes so everyone can check that out and uh, reach out to you on socials you are full of knowledge when it comes to sales and leadership. So thank you so much for sharing what you have in this show today. We really appreciate it. Well, Katie, thank you so much. It's been such a privilege and honor to be here today. Thank you. Are you a trainer with a salon or an academy and would love to grow with government funding, but just need some help and support? Or maybe you're somebody that would like to start your own academy or even just train. Get in touch today with TMB to help you on this journey. See our link on, in the show notes.